Hello and welcome to Megaten Marathon. It's a game-by-game -game journey through the Shimigami Tensei and Persona games. I'm Paul and Davis, and who am I here with? Elisa uh, James. And one guest named Fletcher. Welcome back, Fletch. How y'all doing? Good, good. So uh, this episode, we're uh, starting off our coverage of uh, Shin Megami Tensei 2, uh, which is uh, the sequel, obviously, to uh, Shin Megami Tensei 1. Uh, we did the first game, uh, probably been at least a couple years, if not longer. So uh, if you're interested to hear in hearing uh you know kind of like the game that started it all uh i'd recommend you uh take a take a look back and uh listen to those episodes and i'll throw a, a link to the show notes but um yeah smt2 is interesting in the sense that uh it's a uh, direct sequel to uh smt1 and uh it's really kind of like more of like an iteration than it is like some kind of like radical like reimagining uh, so, yeah, it was uh, released uh, for uh, the Super Famicom. Uh, it's never officially come to the U.S. And uh, was released only like two years after uh, SMT1. And it's basically just the SM SMT1 engine with some uh, quality of life upgrades and some like new evolutions. And AutoMap is set to a button now, which is... Uh, actually really nice uh, and some other like notable changes uh, there's a lot more neutral demons so you can get like a decent party composition without having to uh sucker suck off or flip off god <laughs> i warned you about um, my notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have a uh, slightly more battlefield control so there's front and back rows that now deal and receive differing damage so uh yeah if you've ever played a, a JRPG with a rose before, uh, you uh, can take a wild guess how that kind of works. Um, you can directly control demon attacks if you like. And uh, battles may now contain as many as two different types of enemies. Uh, so, and, you know, most important of all, it's uh, probably uh, the fact that uh, demon fusions can now pass on abilities. So, uh, you know, if uh, if a fused demon would, you know, have like less than six skills, uh, random num number gener generation will uh, figure out if something from the parent demons ends up filling a space. So uh, you can uh, <laughs> re-roll like you're starting a uh, CRPG. And, uh, you know, say you want to lose those uh, 16 plus stats. So, yeah, they're kind of like subtle uh, changes in the mechanics, but you can see how the game is sort of, or the series is sort of kind of maturing into uh, what it's become now. Uh, and, and so, there's, yeah. There's also some failed experiments around this time that you're not going to see any more of again. There's a whole system in this game about early on, you will get a revive spell called Necroma that will just let you bring a demon back from the dead as a zombie. It will never gain experience. It cannot technically die, but it's also just going to suck forever. It's basically a get out of boss fight free card early on. Oh, nice. So if you're ever really pinned down and you need like, oh God, I just need this little bit of firepower up. Do that and save your... Oh, wow. I never actually used that spell. So that's pretty cool seeing what it actually does. <laughs> It will show up, I think, like one other time in the series after this. It's maybe in one of the Majin Tensei. Oh, oh wow. It's a very yeah, bizarre Tensei. design mechanic. Yeah, that is. Um, so, yeah, interestingly, uh, there's, uh, yeah, unlike a lot of uh, JRPGs uh, of the time or even today, there's, uh, you know, pretty clear continuity between SMT1 and this one. And so, basically, just to kind of rewind, in uh, 1990X, uh, Ambassador Thorman uh, pressed a big red button. Button, and uh, the resulting uh, nuclear strike on Tokyo 
sparked a worldwide war that scorched the earth anew. Uh, then in uh, 2030X, uh, a man rose up with the power of Jap Japan's four guardian deities and crushed the basilica, at which point a flood washed over Tokyo to cleanse the land and start fresh. In the wake of uh, the basilica's grasp on the land faltering, a new society is formed where uh, Messians... Messians? Messians, yeah. Okay, a new society is formed where uh, Messians and Gaians alike are welcomed and the survivors cooperate to bring humans out of the Dark Age. And then uh, what happens? Well... In uh, 2040X, uh, the Messian Church uh, performs a soft coup and takes power as the new government, causing brief revolts from the Gaians before the conveniently Messian-friendly but absolutely unofficial organization of the Temple Knights quell these quell the uprisings violently. Uh, the Gaians find themselves slinking into the shadows or underground as a result, and then by 2050X, a structure only known as a center is raised on uh, <laughs> basically uh, the location uh, of uh, what was once the Basilica. So that's kind of an odd coincidence. Uh, the new uh, governmental body is named Millennium, a title that comes to re represent the entire society as a whole in time. Uh, the construction on such, to put it lightly, fucking uh, cursed land is done via the <laughs> creation of engineered life forms known as demonoids. I wonder where they're getting power for the demonoids. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> then we go to the uh, 2060X is um, to see the completion of the new city, now to officially known as Tokyo Millennium. It's a completely con contained environment broken down into multiple districts, with uh, government and administration being handled in the center, business and industry occurring in the factory work, and the common district, Valhalla. Plans are made to expand further, but for now, these three districts open up and begin thriving. And pretty much anyone across the globe uh, with cash or connections finds themselves moving to the place as the world continues to collapse into ecological disaster. So yeah, it turns out... Uh, hurling all the nukes under a country is prior <laughs> uh, at a country prior is a bitch to clean up so to handle this temple knights become the official police and judicial branch of millennium's government um and the game begins yes the game now begins so uh we are now in uh 20 xx so we're just you know throwing x's in. um <laughs> oh, okay so basically uh yeah that's pretty much uh you've got a you know, timeline of the events. And it turns out that uh, every, you know, you know, there's been no God or millennial or Messiah that's appeared. Uh, and there's like ramp rampant in inequality. And uh, we're now at the turn of the century and Tokyo millennium is pretty well established and it's slowly expanding. Uh, society's running on a caste system. Yeah. So first rank citizens are running the place. Uh, you know, they're living and working in the center of uh Tokyo millennia. Second rank citizens find themselves spread throughout the city, but the privilege gives them uh, access to a personal arm terminal, which is basically a comp. Everyone else is just common rank, but nobody thinks too poorly of this because they live in what is obviously a utopian society with no dissent or, hey, you know, blood sport. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, Valhalla is kind of like a Bacchanalian district. It's got casinos, entertainment, and a giant coliseum in the center of it, which allows the uh, common man to do something, uh, you know, that has something to do after their uh, shifts in the factory district. There's a new champion who's rocketing up the ranks of the arena at the game's opening, a man named Hawk. Nobody knows how he, where he came from or how he ended up so powerful. Not even Hawk himself. It turns out that uh, Hawk is uh, your player character. And so you begin the game waking up at the gym you train and live at. 
And it's a total dive run by a na man named Okamoto. And apparently he found you after, to, after being attacked by a demon. And despite you being an am amnesiac and drunk as hell, you're holding your own, like, quote, a natural born killer. Um, <laughs> so apparently, Oscarine, you were so good that this uh, the, you set new city records in the b virtual battle simulation, emerging entirely unscathed from whole courses of combat. So basically, this is kind of your like quick navigation and combat tutorial uh, inside one of the virtual uh, battle things or uh, VR battle scenes. And uh, basically, then uh, Akimoto uh, hands you 200 Maka and sets you loose in the city to practice practice on uh, public battle sims um i'm just gonna make a note here about ports of this game uh the ps1 port would add on a very distinct redesign to all the virtual battlers in vr spaces and a lot of the visualizer and phase ship graphics and strange journey would crib from these tile sets oh that's cool oh yeah so if you if you ever want to look up a screenshot of that you will see it and instantly go ah that's really cool <laughs> so yeah before you get too far you come across a guy who uh or uh you know you're told that uh, uh that a guy is looking for you and uh basically during the uh, description of what he looks like flash back to uh, staring at a man in a tube as a uh, strangely dressed fellow tells you that, quote, among all of you he has the greatest power. You shall give him a name. Uh, so this is uh, Zion, and uh, this is probably the point where we mentioned that all these naming scenes have you, uh, you know, uh, have you ask, uh, you know, ask uh, yes or no to giving them an identity. Um, so if you say no to each and uh, allow them to uh, basically identify the uh, default character, your law score uh, takes a massive jump. Um, so basically, after you do this, you just kind of free to wander around Valhalla for a while, and uh, you learn some uh, new things about it, both, uh, you know, kind of out of character, base, you know, it's like, you know, NPCs giving you like tutorials and in character like learning that Okamoto is a gambling addict who couldn't win with a gun to his opponent's head and he's owing he owes every single person someone um which is a curse that ultimately affects you explaining why no shopkeeper will sell to you and uh, yeah they're basically they just want to basically bitch at you about Okamoto uh you also learn how <laughs> that uh Valhalla is run by a woman who goes by the name of Mata Madame, and uh, the northwest of the district is uh, currently sealed off by the Temple Knights for unknown reasons, according to a dancer who snuck past patrols to get to the disco. So eventually in your wanderings, you're uh, beckoned into a tent by a fortune teller who says she sees visions of a woman. woman. Uh, it asks you if you can recall your name, yes or no. This is where uh, you get to choose the identity of Hiroko, who is a Temple Knight. So then you finally make your way to the uh, public battle stimulator uh not stimulator <laughs> uh simulator uh and things get weird out of the gate as you're not approached by any any en enemies instead you're uh being so stalked around by a figure in a uh, wheelchair which uh i wonder who this is um hmm. surprise surprise it's steven and uh he gives you something uh that i well you know basically you know it's gonna happen he gives you uh <laughs> the devil summoning program 1.0 uh which like this like every time he does this is gonna be get, gonna get upgraded a couple times as we go so you know has anybody heard of so source control apparently not steven tells you uh, <laughs> you know, that uh, an incident has occurred and the city is going to be covered in demons soon as a countermeasure he's handling he's handing the uh, dsp to every single pa individual power that he comes across he says i don't know who you are 
nor does it matter to me. All I know is that you are powerful. So then you go back to the battler to actually train after this, and you hear start hearing garbled voices. Once again, you see a man and a figure in a tube. Best name him, and this is Gimmel, only described so far as exceptionally intelligent. He tells you he's in Arcadia before cutting out. Then at this point, you've got a limited number of options. You can uh, train in the virtual battlers or return to the gym to progress the story. When you do, you're uh, sent off to the battle final battle of the uh, tournament and uh, you're only able to reach it by heading north past the rival gym to yours. Uh, basically, Hineda's gym is to uh, Okamoto's what the two g- gyms in dodgeball were to one another and uh, basically your average Joe's. Uh, Hineda will brag, his, uh, brag that his uh, champion can crush you, but uh, you know, if uh, you know, he's totally uh, willing to uh, let you train in his uh, next level from the public virtual battlers if you want to grind a little and uh i definitely had to grind uh person um i think it's basically a requirement at this point yeah yeah at yeah pretty least much do each course once yeah at least and uh you know really tastefully uh we find out that haneda is pretty openly gay and into big men praising his team in no uncertain terms and offering you a place to decide because he's, quote, because you're basically, uh, quote, pretty cute and just his type. Um, 90s Japan. Yeah. <laughs> things have gotten incredibly you know, that much better. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a little weird to revisit this NPC after thinking about some of the troubles the series is having modern day and going, hmm, I should probably see in the credits when we get there if certain writers are on staff yet. Right. Exactly. So anyway, just as kind of like a little aside, there's uh, kind of uh, unique uh, enemies within these uh, simulations, as well as digital copies of series regulars like Jack the Ripper, Knockers, and Slimes. And uh, the standouts are uh, the virus and vaccine families of demons, who are uh, chaos and law alignment. And the law, the former are these writhing masses of shapes, and the latter are these things uh, called uh, vaccine police or vaccine jaws, robotic dogs with animals. <laughs> robotic dog with <laughs> all i'm saying is digimon came after this y'all <laughs> there, there you go stay woke <laughs> <laughs> if you told me someone didn't get a little bit of inspiration from this i would not believe you <laughs> okay so um basically on the second day you're allowed access to the overworld where there are random encounters and you can already start taming demons so you know make it a party uh it won't be huge yet but all the help you can get is appreciated also the game makes it pretty easy to get demons like really easy so that's a nice help i was i was shocked at that honestly yeah negotiations Um, pretty at least in the early game it's pretty uh pretty friction free yeah yeah, and it was funny because I was thinking of how difficult, at least to me, they were in um in a Soul Hackers, you know. So I was kind of like, wow, like what? A, and this is an older game, so I don't know. <laughs> the thing you have to realize is every time they start a new spinoff, they throw out a lot of quality of life stuff, or something gets rebalanced as an experiment, or yeah, yeah, no, that's very true. So, some uh, notable stops in the overworld, the massive TV screen, which is broadcasting Messiah News Network propaganda, so, like, instead of a weather report, the entirely indoors Tokyo Millennium has a demon report, and the Temple Knights murdered a secret sect of Gaians 
uh, you know, to the man. So you have that. Like Willard Scott demon or a guy coming up and being like, well, we're going to have a high concentration of demons coming in from the north. Uh. Jack Frost sweeping in from the center. <laughs> and the uh, Messiah in church who will heal you and your demons and also possess a terminal, which is fast travel points once they're found. Um, there was like a point that I wanted to ask about with the church. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I heard that if you use the uh, church to heal yourself a lot it starts affecting your law uh ranking in a sense is that like true sort of later on there's going to be an option to give donations to each of the three churches and that's how you start shifting your alignment but also if you're not of their alignment later game uh they will either depending on plot point throw you out or go we can do this, but you got to pay up. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. All right, cool. So the Coliseum is your obvious destination, and there's a little bit of revisionist history going on. You can pass through the Hall of Heroes to see previous champions, and while most are gags based on pop culture or folk heroes, the end of the exhibit contains a statue of a familiar figure Uh, listed only as the first champion, the hero, a man who could freely summon and command demons at will. Uh, So your final battle in the arena is against a man named Red Bear, which is Hanada's star athlete. Uh, Basically, you're both dropped in a maze at different points. Uh, Items and gear have been stashed at various branches inside it, and demons are allowed in regularly to hunt you both. Neither competitor can attack the other until both are at the center of the maze, at which point whoever falls unconscious and or dies first loses. So uh, it's absolutely worth exploring the maze, as in many JRPG, uh, because if you've done the virtual battle, there's a time or two, nothing should be a threat. And, you know, at this point, you should have some demons of your own, and the gear you can find makes a huge difference, being about 15 points worth of defense. Uh, So this is about taking you from, like, 100 to 150 percent defense at this level uh let's see and stronger weapons some of which enemies drop here as well and of course a gun which is awesome (laughs) gun is the way to break a lot of this game because of the elemental bullets oh yeah that's true uh don't just be looking for raw numbers as you go because sometimes something will be weaker but the gun will suddenly become a tool that can inflict charm or yeah it's real handy Ah, okay yeah so good tip um so when you arrive at the arena red bear begins talking and you have another tube a flashback. The man in the tube isn't Red Bear, but he resembles you quite a bit, and his power is nearly identical to yours. This will be Dallas. Um, also, at this point, you know, you'll pretty much wreck Red Bear. Uh, you're so vicious, the dude keels over dead. <laughs> and like, I guess this is supposed to be a boss fight, but this is pre-buffs and debuffs, and the gear is basically locked at this point in the game, so it's a, it's a curb stomp. And your winnings are so much that Okamoto takes over Hanada's gym, pays off all his debts around town, and he's goading you into more battles so you can both meet uh, Mata. Wait, <laughs> who's that? Who's that knocking on the door while Okamoto gloats like an asshole? 
<laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Hiroko is here in the flesh. <laughs> you caught her eye as the new official strongest man in Valhalla. Because she's working a case she can't exactly ask for backup on and wants your help. Um, so, according to her, about six months ago, there was an accident in the center. A large explosion went off and a young boy vanished in the commotion. Only it wasn't an accident. It was terrorism caused by two scientists, uh, Mikata and Hanada, who disappeared afterwards. Uh, I think they took that child with them, and I've tracked one of them here to Valhalla. Hanada is currently living in Madam's mansion, and her security is tight. I need access, and she's known to invite fresh champions to visit her. Take me with you. So, sure enough, you get the invitation, and you gain Hiroko as a party member. At this point now, you're free to explore more of the district now that Okamoto's debts aren't hanging over you. So now you can actually buy things from the shops. And you can play at the casino if you want to destroy the economy and <laughs> end up with some neat gear. Uh, spending maca on equipment and shops and, you know, elevator to the slums. Recall that Temple Night blockade earlier? Well, that was them purging the slums of the Gaians yesterday. Now that their crusade is done, you can visit the Bad District and meet the Gaians for yourself. They offer equivalent services to the Messiah Church and also find your first, we're going to call it Cathedral of Shadows because they translate it as Jackio Manor, which is very bizarre. <laughs> to, to go into that, that's basically like calling it Hell Mansion, and it's such a strange choice by the translation which i see why when they did official translations years later they went it's a cathedral of shadows deal with it exactly <laughs> so there's also a faction that uh was only uh a thing in this game the repair garage which is a healing spot for neutral characters uh one npc in town mentions a rumor that maka is produced in the abyss by lucifer which Lucifuge. if you're playing, thank you, Lucifuge, I knew I would butcher that. <laughs> Which if you're playing the GBA or iOS ports of the game, you discover is not only very true, but the events of the game send that dude into a conniption because the crisis that breaks out leads to insane maca inflation in a war economy. Uh, why this? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I'll just go into this one because I'm playing on that port. Uh, from the GBA version of the game onwards, they added in different scenes which were triggered by locating visionary items, things you would pick up that would let you relive the moments of individuals by possessing. There were 30 or so of these scenes, and I've interspersed a few of them in the notes. A lot of them are just focusing on things that were only implied in the original game or add more depth to flat characters. But then there's some stuff late game like Lucifuge, the uh, treasurer of hell, straight up complaining about, oh my god, Lucifer has caused this crisis on Earth and now everything is swelling up and we have to bring the Luc the Maka and economy under control. It's wild. That's, that's actually really cool. I kind of like that. Like, you don't see games actually address, like, the economy of, like, an in-game currency, so... And again, yeah. Maka is literally hell money. inflation. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I think I have the scene over in another tab. Let me just pull this up, because this is, like, one of the final ones in the game, so... Uh, what? Another Freedom Force has expanded the Warfront? Hmm. How much Maka did they get? Uh, how many people were freed this time? Oh, God. Circulation has got to increase again. 
I thought that a uh, spoiler I'm not going to mention would have an effect on the market. This is way more than I imagined. I hadn't expected business to increase this much just from the work of the freedom fighters. As the populace and the freed sectors gain their freedom, it stimulates the marketplace. They buy weapons and food. Lives become more active. We circulation. But he starts muttering at this point. Uh, oh, God, already 10% circulation. There's going to be some serious inflation. We have to adjust production. I hope that's all we have to do. Okay, no, they're working too fast. Increasing it so quickly is only going to... We're going to collapse the market. Oh, this is bad. I have to find Lord Lucifer and get him to slow them down just a bit. The stability of the Maka is going to just be... Oh, it's been so good from notes to coins since the Great Destruction, but we're just devaluing it. Oh, this is bad. This And that's just a whole scene you get if you find... Uh, the item in question is, quote, Colosseum Opening Memorial Maka. So they handed out a commemorative coin, and that has the entire memories of this character. Oh, wow. That's really cool. There's a few others that are, yeah, I've I've thrown a few in the notes. So if you see a little sideline, yeah, that's enough. probably why. It comes from the future ports. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, so whenever you feel like heading to Madame's mansion, you'll be allowed in. And before you can talk to the woman herself, you'll have your final flashback. Uh, this time, the tube contains a lady silhouette. And all the man says before asking her name is, she is yours. This is Beth. Some folks may be realizing there's a theme to most of these names, and we'll get to that later. Um, Madame is not in the manor, appearing to you on a television screen. She mentions that Valhalla is a land of freedom, a thing she very much intends to keep true, no matter how much the center wants to crack down on this. The problem is that an incident recently is making this hard. A scientist working for her who an NPC mentions is the guy who created all the demons in the arena battles, recently ran off. She would be less urgent about this, except he did so to order, open a portal to the abyss. In a very nondescript fashion, she tells you that she does not know where he is beyond the slums, but she wants him back, and to assist in this, she's lending you her pet, Cerberus. He joins your party. Returning to the slums with the devil dog in tow, he sniffs out the odor of demons, and you burst in on Harada conducting the ritual with four dolls. A hole to the abyss opens, and the first demon who emerges murders a scientist. Uh, Yoma Mercurius is your next boss. When he's dead, you collect the four dolls for yourself, but it's too late. The hole is open, and closing it is beyond your party's skill in demonology. At this point, the world is full of new, more potent enemy encounters. Uh, Madame isn't displeased with you, though. What's done is done. Cerberus returns to her side, and a messenger from the center enters the room, telling you now is the time to remember. You emerge from one of those tubes and see the man from the other cutscenes. He explains that whether you choose to be a servant of God or an agent of the demons, you are a gamble on who the future of humanity rests. Hawk's true name was Alif, and he was born in the center. The messenger before you is Zayn, and you and Hiroko need to return to that district. Can I pause this for a second here? Of course. I forgot to add this note, which I realized when I pointed out the thing about, hey, we'll talk about this later. Uh, most of you who are familiar with Hebrew law are going to recognize that a lot of these characters are named after letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And that is because they are all artificial humans made by the center, which will probably tell you a little about who is running the center if Jewish tradition is influencing so much of what's happening. Okay, good to know. So everyone but Hiroko is named after one of the various characters of the alphabet. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. 
Yeah, um, the only one that's a little weird is Zion is a slight, strange romanization of it. Right. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> so, um, let's see. Madame is watching on her monitor this entire time, given that this is going on in her manner, and all she could think to say is, well, that's a damn shame that you had to go through all that trouble in the arena when you had the keys to the center by birth. The three of you are presented to the bishop, who gives you an ID card allowing you center access, and has two cards uh, leading Hiroko away from pursuing her own case rather than doing her job. The last thing you hear from her as she surrenders to them is, Thank you for your help, Belief. It's too bad we could never find that little boy. So this is where the game goes crazy. Bishop tells you that Mikata kidnapped you, wiped your memories, and dumped you to die. Which is a real shame because you're the Messiah. Uh, Beth walks in at this point and says she'll never leave your side, forcing her way into the party. Uh, and uh, it what's funny is that if you remember SMT1, there's another character who acted really similar to this. Uh, and guess who Beth resembles physically? The heroine, actually. She's not Lilith. <laughs> 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 they they played a lot with meta themes in this game for only being the second one of the series. Yeah, which is really like one of the things I really like about this game. Let's see. So you're both assigned a mission to visit the district holy town. Uh, hey, you might notice that that one never came up in the intro and deal with two demons on the loose there. King Frost is icing the place over and Basilisk is spewing toxic gases all over the trapped citizens. If you wander around the building before leaving, you'll hear Hiroko's parents discussing their child and wondering just what made her break protocol and leave the center without permission. At this point, uh, we'll mention here a few visionary scenes. Uh, recall that the other sci- recall the other scientist, Makata. He's actually Hiroko's biological father. His wife died giving birth to the child. And when Tokyo Millennium began gathering scientists en masse, he leapt at the chance, uh, leaving his baby daughter in the care of two temple knights so she could have a better future among the elites than he could give her as a single father. This comes from the picture frame item. Meanwhile, upstairs in the facility right now, Hiroko is receiving messed up electroshock therapy to try and burn out the rebellious parts of her brain so they can keep her as a temple knight. Uh, if you ever seen Requiem for a Dream, it goes about as well as it does in that film. Yeah. <laughs> and um, this, of course, comes from the EEG measurement uh, chip item. So, oh, go ahead. Oh, that was it. This, yeah, these are just a couple of the visionary scenes that I spliced in. There, we get some of these a little later, but they seemed relevant at the time. Yeah, exactly. So, poking around this section of town will let you learn that the center leads to four districts, not of all which uh, you can access right now. Valhalla, obviously, the Factory, Holy Town, Our Next Generation, and Arcadia, which we know nothing of yet. Visiting VR again will lead to Steven giving you the Devil Analyzer, so you can see the stats of defeated enemies. And just a little note, the passages to other districts are in direct paths. They're each a little maze to be explored, which will usually contain a room where you can play Code Breaker if you have a metal card item. So uh, save states will let you break this to great reward. The code will always be the same thing. So save, scum it out, and then if you get it, excuse me, the reward is based on how fast you crack the code. So if you just get it in one, you will get amazing rewards. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) 
And I also figure we should mention the passages are a huge part of why the terminals are so handy and how they will gate you at different points in the story. Because you can warp between districts with the terminals, that way if there's a crisis in one, you are forced through these passages again to see story events. Ah, okay. So Holy Town is currently a wreck. A lot of buildings are sealed to you, uh, frozen shut if you approach. And Basilisk is a random encounter in the region. The first time he pops up, he'll poison you and fuck off just to be an asshole. But if you run into him again, he's ripe for the murder. The open building, or the only open building, possesses one King Frost, another boss fight. Should you take him out, you can begin exploring the district, getting a lot of treasures, and also finding a room which seems ready to open a hole to the abyss. It's got the same pentagram setup and ritual materials as what... Not Kata. Other guy. Second scientist used earlier. Uh... Conveniently, you can actually do that right now because you did take the four dolls earlier, but you will find yourself hesitant to do it if you give it a direct try. Unfortunately, most of the population of Holy Town has vanished, so just go back to the city. Returning to the bishop, you will be praised, and he'll mention they finished debriefing Hiroko, wondering aloud where the other scientist. Before you could say anything more, though, a priest rushes in and you've got a new assignment. Betelgeuse has emerged from an excavation in the factory district, and at the same time, possibly due to this, the Demi-Nandi who were being bred for the food are... Let's... Let me just back up a little. The factory district and the demonoid breeding means that Tokyo Millennium literally breeds endless divine bulls to feed the populace. That is what Demi-Nandi are, a Indian deity. They're currently rampaging around the district, and once again, these two problems are now your mess to clean up. You are given the code to the factory passage and kicked out of the center again. The factory, unlike the empty holy town, is full of people who are incredibly chipper about their jobs, some much more uncannily so than others. Uh, a few people are just frothing at the mouth to get back to work despite all the chaos going on. And there are new encounters here of the demonoid race, which tells you the engineering is not just genetic in nature, as evidenced by characters who have motors for heads under a mask. The district will also keep shaking regularly with earthquakes, which is a little ominous with all the talk of excavation. The dungeon in this sector is a lot of smaller floors where you head into a tunnel and bounce around floor by floor. And uh, some of them are dark because the feature everyone loves in SMT games is return. <laughs> <sighs> uh, fun note down here. There is a demon based on the Stephen King novel, Christine, who the translation refers to as Chris the car. <laughs> nice. And at the end is Betelgeuse, who does not speak much, but the worker who quickly returns to his digging afterward does. He's so excited to resume his job and hopes he'll keep finding new things like the Jupiter pillar they dug up the other day. As you get back to the center, though, there is another earthquake, which seems strange. Instead of the bishop, this time, Zane is waiting for you, saying yeah. you should really look at the last quadrant of the city sometime. He gives you the code to Arcadia and mentions that's where Gimmel dwells. That guy you totally remember, right? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Gimmel, uh, for those who have forgotten, is the guy who you heard inside the Virtual Battlers once and never heard mentioned. When you pass through the <laughs> tunnel, a terminal is waiting for you, and you are teleported to the district of Arcadia. This place contains one of the former champions, King Muscle, 
who has settled down to retire here, and a lot of citizens who really love living in this forest locale. Everyone's got their own personal temple to dwell in, with Gimmel living in one hidden outside of the town a bit. He says that he was put in charge of the district while Aleph was absent, and the site is an isolated experiment at an undisclosed location to develop the Thousand-Year Kingdom for God, the utopian community. We're told to go tell Zane the district is an overwhelming success. Not an overwhelming success is whatever the center did while we were away, because when we return, uh, we haven't mentioned it yet, but the center is always free of demons and encounters and peaceful. Not this trip, because there are random battles in the streets, people are in hiding, and temple knights are in open combat with demons, while someone will mention to you that a false messiah has risen. Dalith, the person mm. who's proclaiming themselves as such, is running around raising support for himself, been spotted bouncing between Valhalla and Holy Town. He's in the former, but it's worth heading to the latter because the city has repopulated, and... While you're wandering around, you'll hear on MNN that a possible messiah and hero of the people is waiting at the arena to fight Aleph, also a rumored messiah, to settle whose divinity is true. You may want to start thinking about who would be starting rumors about your messiah. Hmm. <laughs> but for now, we want to visit a bar in Holy Town and meet a man named Louis Cipher. Let's not even dance around this one. <laughs> He mentions that Millennium seems like a nice place, but he's real curious about the center, and no one will let him in for some reason. Others in Holy Town will mention talk of an underground, and if you stalk by the junk shop, your continued patronage will earn you a Mercury Pillar. That seems like a convenient thing. If you visit the Hall of Heroes again in the arena on your way to fight Dalith, you can see that the hero statue has begun to cry tears, which is a little odd. And at this point, this is your first major boss fight in the game. Dalith is a challenge, and it makes sense. He's your equal. When the encounter is over, you get the chance to finish him off for chaos points, but you will not be allowed to because Beth will stop you and bleed out in front of your combat with Dalith was fatal to her and she expires at which point a weakened Dalith slips away cursing your name while you tend to losing a major party member but before you can do anything or pursue him a crowd and the bishop show up out of nowhere surround you and declare for the MNN that you are clearly the true messiah Long live Aleph. While you are leaving the arena, a small child approaches you. A small boy with a memo. A memo from Makata. All it says is, come meet me in the slums. I will tell you everything. When you do so, he'll ask if you've regained your memory. Tell him no, and he says it might be better that way. He's willing to explain, but first wants you to rescue a certain temple knight. It seems she's being worked to death in the factory district as punishment in their prisons, a place that you have not seen yet and have no access to. But there's a route he knows. Yep. You are going to enter the factory prison via a side passage from Valhalla. Seems pretty chill until Dalith reappears and he is still a real bastard to fight. But now you have a couple more levels, so it's not as bad. He's basically the exact same boss fight you just did, but minus Beth and uh, again, uh, level. Yeah. He drops the Mars pillar, and you might be beginning to see a pattern to these items. This passage takes you not out to uh, another district, but to the underworld. Spoiler. The ruins of old Tokyo. Some of you are probably going to be going, wait, this sounds familiar, yeah, and guess what? I remember yeah, SMT4 exactly was a callback to this. Ah. <laughs> SMT4 being the first um, mainline game that I played. very far <laughs> in, like five hours. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of... 1, 2, and 4 have a lot of shared DNA, especially yeah. if you get to 
certain DLC things in four. Um, so there's a shrine nearby this, and if you have a D-stone item, you can consume it to revive a petrified deity named Kotoshironushi. For the moment, he does nothing because he's still a little stiff. Uh, just... You know, if you don't have a D-Stone item, maybe keep that shrine in mind. It might come in handy. The labor <laughs> camp is massive and our largest dungeon yet by a huge margin. But there's two ways through which you get to pick. Uh, which did y'all do? The short route or the long? I do the short um, route. Um, I usually end up doing the long route. Just I don't know. Time. I always get curious, like, maybe I'll miss something if I do the short route or... You know, more encounters, some more chances for, you know, that kind of thing. Okay, so you, nice. you actually got screwed out of a thing later here. Which, which one, who, me or? Uh, Paul. Ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so the short route is to fight the guard Janus. It's a boss fight against a mage. The long route is to search the place, have a slot open in your party, meet a girl named Nadja, talk to her, let her join you in that open slot, go to a specific room that's been gated off, and have her slip through the bars to let you through. It's very involved, and not all of this is signposted real well, so... Ah, yeah, that's true. Uh, unfortunately, whichever route you take, there is a personal guard waiting on Hiroko's cell, who is Zane. But when you defeat him, he admits defeat and has a change of heart. I still intend to follow the center, but not when they go too far. Sometimes the rules need to change rather than crush innocents in their path. He warns us that Hiroko isn't quite in her right mind, though. Uh, if you get here, you are going to discover that she is refusing to come with you and a little rabid, actually. But if you took the short route to get here, you do not get the reward. Because if you uh. have Naja in her party... It means you're about to have a slot free in your party when you pull Hiroko out of her cell. And that's the entire reason she exists as a placeholder so you can recruit Hiroko. Oh, wow. Naja <laughs> goes, oh, you're never going to love me as long as Hiroko exists. And um, yeah, that that's a fun reveal that the five-year-old was a a demon slightly obvious and b was also longing for your heart which is yep. much less obvious until this comes out of nowhere so her decision is that if she fuses with hiroko clearly this means we'll half love her too as a result this is creepy as hell if you think about it for too long but the game gives us a bonus to shut our trap about it all of hiroko's stats will rise by one because of this oh well there we go as a had we gotten here without Nadja, she would show up and do this anyway without the love scene, because that's how Hiroko goes from being brain damaged to coherent again. And that's where ah, we're okay. stopping this week, having just recruited our second main character and being deep in the underground of Tokyo. So what did y'all think so far? Um, I'm, Like I said, like, I really honestly like this game. Like, um... Playing it for the first time, I really didn't expect it to be this, like, deep and well-fleshed out. And then, like, you know, it was pointed out, I really like all the callbacks that SMT4 did to this, um, did with this game. And it's just, it's been a lot of fun to play. Yeah, yeah I... I I'm really impressed. I was really impressed with SMT1 and even more so with this one. Just how ahead of its time feels. Like, I mean, there's definitely a lot of the, like, you know, sort of, like, jankiness and corrupt of uh, JRPGs of that era. But there are, like, some really nice quality of life uh, improvements that are brought into this for into SMT2. And, uh, yeah, there's just, like, complexity of the storyline and the fact that it doesn't do what most JRPGs do, which is, like, you know, every single game takes yeah. Exactly. Own, like, kind of like discrete universe, you know. Uh, but this is actually like a proper like direct sequel to the previous game. I don't know. 
it's just super, super engaging. And I think that the other thing that I really dug about it is that uh, it's got such, like, the SMT point of view is so well established already as far as, like, these kind of, like, post-apocalyptic like wastelands and you know sort of like <clears throat> demons pouring in and sort of you know taking advantage of you know, failings of uh you know the frailties yeah of humans, exactly the of the societies like i don't know it just has like such a strong voice already to it uh and i i really dig it and you know, if I wasn't playing it in an emulator, uh, definitely be some annoyances as far as, like, you know, fast forward. It does, really much so. So I want to throw this out to you guys. How much has the plot and the character development been surprising you so far with things like Beth's just dead or Zane decides, uh, no, you you have a point. You're, you're right. This is monstrous. I'm not going to follow these orders well with um zane honestly that was very refreshing it's actually nice to have like a character like that who you know seriously reflects on what's going on in the plot and you know makes a change like that and it's it was it was nice to see that you know that even though he does still believe in his ideals he's like no this is wrong you know that's it i'm not going to support this um as for beth i was on i was actually pretty shocked that they killed her i really really didn't expect that at all so i was like wow this game is not playing around (laughs) yeah i i was i was mostly i was mostly surprised by that um because you know you figure i expected her to just be like okay here's here's the like female smt like protagonist yeah exactly (laughs) so yeah um Next time, I think we're just going to bring it home next time, aren't we? The second half of the game? Yeah. Yeah, yeah sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Then in that Is there case, any uh, feedback? That you, is there anything you wanted to add, Fletch? Uh, as far as, most like, of my on? descriptions are in the notes, and I just had to be very careful because next time we start off with a bang, and I didn't want to give away anything while I was writing these. Yeah. Right. Uh, you guys have already seen the next scene, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so... Uh, We'll come back with the rapid escalation of Shin Megami Tensei 2 in a few weeks. Yeah, yeah, we should, uh, yeah, we'll be back with uh, explosive uh, wrap up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, is there anything uh, that you guys would like to plug? While we're uh, while we're here, I am good because all of my stuff is not quite finished for public consumption yet. So I'll just bring that up on the second half. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, sounds good. Um, I know last time I had plugged um two things uh my that I started writing for Dual Shockers again. So you know if you haven't yet, feel free to check that out. My articles, just articles in general, it's a pretty cool video game uh website. Um, and also, uh, the group that I've been for quite a while in, uh, Black Girl Gamers, their Twitter handle is the same. So you can look them up on Twitter. You can support their, um, their, their store, online store and buy some merch from them. Uh, it's a pretty cool group, you know, that a bunch of us, uh, professionals, you know, black ladies in the industry in various parts of it you know, come together, support each other. We do live streams, things like that. So it's pretty cool stuff. Awesome. Solid. Yeah. Thanks. And I'll just, <laughs> I'll just close this out here by saying, uh, yeah, you can rate and review us on iTunes um, and Google play that much appreciated. Um, we're also on Spotify now. Uh, and uh, we're on uh, Twitter and Facebook at mega 10 marathon. You can also grab drop us a line, 10 marathon at gmail.com. And I think that's pretty much it for uh, the uh, show plugs. So uh, yeah, 
looking forward to uh, finishing the game off, and uh, we'll uh, see you in a few weeks. Thanks for listening. Catch you around. Take care.